Well, you know what that means. It's time to expose the money lies. Let's get started. Hey, Jill of the Money Coach here. How is your 2022 going so far? Mine is going great. I am feeling powerful. I'm feeling purposeful. I am feeling abundant. It is a good year so far, and I hope you're having a good year so far. Um, today, we're going to be talking about something that people struggle with. A lot of my clients struggle with, um, which is goals. And they struggle with them because they, I feel like they don't make them non-negotiable. And I have struggled with this in the past. Um, and what I mean by that is they end up being too optional. They're, you know, things that we negotiate with. It's like, well, it, I could reach my goal, but I don't know if that's realistic or not, you know, and what is realistic? What do we feel like is realistic? Now, last year when I went to Dave Moreno's retreat in Orlando, he was coaching me and we were talking about some goal I had. I don't even remember now what, (laughs) which one it was. I had so many of them last year. But I had some limiting beliefs around it and I was trying to navigate around them because I was trying to move forward. I was trying to, I don't know that I was really stuck, but I was trying to move forward in a powerful manner so that I could actually reach my goal. Um, But in that navigation process, I started negotiating. I can remember saying something like, well, yeah, but if I don't reach that, I don't really lose anything. And I can always blah, 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 blah. I don't remember all of the, the gory details, <laughs> but and it, like he stopped me and he was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. He showed me that my brain was trying to negotiate with me. I was trying to negotiate with my brain in order to get around the lies it was selling me. I could see the lies that my brain was trying to sell me, but the way that I was going about it, I was sort of negotiating so that I could kind of get go get myself over the hump. And he helped me see what a slippery slope I was navigating by allowing this process of negotiation. Because if you go down that path where you could end up is in a mudslide. And I mean, what you're trying to do is to negotiate enough margin or enough wiggle room in your brain to get past the obstacles that your brain is presenting. But in that negotiation, you also could end up you know, having this mudslide. So don't negotiate your goals. That doesn't mean you'll always reach them, but don't negotiate them. Because I would rather not reach a goal than to negotiate a lower goal that I reach because that's still not getting me what I want. So don't start negotiating with your brain because before you know it, it will trick you into settling for less than what you wanted. And If you're going to get less than what you want either way, just stick to the original goal. Because when you stick to the original goal, at least you'll have an evaluation. You'll have data that says 
what doesn't work for getting to that goal. Or you'll have data that says, well, this worked, but it could work better. You'll have a lot more information. You'll have better information and you won't have evidence that you have to settle in order to reach your goal. You'll have to settle for a lesser version of your dreams. So don't settle. Don't negotiate for your dreams. Keep asking for all of it. Keep believing for every single thing. Keep expecting to get everything, every last thing you want. Um, And the way you do that is by setting goals. Goals are the currency of dreams. So a lot of my clients have sort of a love-hate relationship with goals. They want to set them because they know they should, and they know that goals are the currency of your dreams, but they don't want to set really big goals or impossible goals because they don't want the responsibility of reaching those goals because they know that they're going to feel pressure. They know that there's a potential. Um, They feel like they're setting themselves up for disappointment. Now, I coached somebody on this very thing at Elevate Retreat a few months ago. And what I want to offer you is don't avoid disappointment by avoiding big goals. When you avoid big goals, not only are you relieving yourself of pressure and disappointment, but you're also avoiding big success, big money, and big impact. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll reach every goal, but if you continue to set big goals, you'll reach bigger goals than you would have had you set or settled for lesser goals and lesser dreams. So instead, you can let go of the pressure and step into the space where you can reach your goal and be elated. And you also cannot reach your goal and be disappointed. Where we get stuck is in thinking that our only option is to feel elated. Um, and we don't give ourselves permission to be disappointed if we don't reach the goal. Therefore, what happens is we end up trying to avoid the disappointment and trying to, in trying to avoid the disappointment, we avoid our goal and we avoid success in reaching our goal. So when you can stay open to either option and plan to be okay, no matter what, then you can just keep moving forward. What's next? What else can I try? And you don't get stuck in that pressure because you don't, you feel, you know, I mean, when you can be willing and look forward to feeling pressure, when you can be okay feeling pressure, when you can look forward, be willing to feel disappointed, which sounds horrible, right? It's not really that bad, but when you give yourself permission to feel disappointed or feel elated, right? When you open yourself up to either option, you're much more likely to stand a chance of feeling elated than if you're trying to avoid disappointment. So it's, it's very similar to in sports, when you are trying harder not to lose, then you are trying to win, then your chances of winning actually go down. So keep trying to win when you're talking about your goals. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm on this high and mighty ivory tower because I'm preaching to myself as well 
when I talk about goals creating pressure because I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I always have. Um, and that's pretty typical for people who experience scarcity mindset, especially when that scarcity is around you, how you feel about you, what you think about you. And what it took me a really long time to realize is that it wasn't the goal creating the pressure. It was me creating the pressure. I was creating the pressure. It wasn't the goal creating the pressure. I was creating the pressure by thinking, if I don't reach this goal, I'm going to be a loser. And I don't want to be a loser. Um, so, I mean, I've had times when I didn't set goals. And I think there was actually more pressure than when I did set goals. Because at least when you have a goal, you have a destination. And there might be pressure to reach that destination. But when you have no goal, there's still pressure. Only you don't have a light at the end of the tunnel. There's no end point because there's no goal. So you just keep thinking you need to do more. You need to be more. You need to create more. You haven't created a goal. You haven't created an end point. You haven't created a goal. So you haven't decided what's enough. Therefore, no matter what you do, it's never enough. And so that's the other thing about goals is when you don't have a goal, that doesn't mean that you won't have pressure. You could have even more pressure because you don't know what is at stake. And so it feels like everything's at stake. I remember a time where I was feeling extremely burdened in my business. And I, I will tell you the truth. It, uh, to be very honest, most times at the beginning of the year, I have noticed, and, and I've noticed it this year too, and I've worked through it this year. I just, you know, I loved myself through that time. But I, I typically, at the very beginning of a year, will feel very burdened in my business because maybe I didn't reach the goal from the prior year, or maybe I was trying to do something big towards the end of the year and fell short or whatever it is. Um, or, you know, I mean, it just seems like there's always some disappointment that I'm sitting in towards the end of the year. And that kind of carries over to the beginning of the next year. But every year I seem to get through it more and more quickly. So at some point in time, I am thinking that I won't even come into the new year with that burden. But anyways, back to what I'm trying to say. I kind of got off track. During my quiet time one morning, um, and this has been a year or two ago, um, I stumbled into sort of this exercise. And when I say stumbled into it, it was just, I was doing my quiet time and it just came to me without really any prompting or research, which to me is fascinating how much this actually happens. How many times, how many things that are actually exactly what we need just arrive exactly when we need them. So this was one of those things because this, this exercise, for lack of a better word for it, um, this prompting was exactly what I needed. 
um, for that particular day. And I was reminded of this quote exercise this morning because somebody had posted something that reminded me of it. And since it was so powerful for me that at that time, I thought, you know, I'll just share it with you and you can take what's useful to you. So it was during a time that all I really wanted was just a break. <laughs> and it was part of that, you know, heavy feeling that I always seem to come into January with. So it was in January. So obviously I had not achieved that year's goals because, you know, the year had just started. I want to say it was like January 9th. So it was the very beginning of the year. And I was feeling overwhelmed by what I felt like were some big things that I needed to do that year in order to reach the goals that I had already decided on. And it was on the heels of what felt like at the time was a big fail. And so I was sitting there and for some reason it wasn't planned. It wasn't a prompt that I was doing from somebody. It was just, I was just thinking about, you know, how am I going to do this? And, and what is this going to look like? And I'm one of those people that gets stuck in the how I will admit it. I'll be totally honest. Um, I've gotten a lot better, but at that time I was still like, how in the world am I going to do this? This is impossible. But and I, so I stepped into, and don't ask me how I did this, I think it was just, I just think it was maybe prompting by the spirit. Um, he knew what I needed and, but no matter how I did it, I stepped into a place where I had already reached my goal for the year. And I don't even know what made me do this. It just, it just happened. And even though I still had nearly the entire year, like I said, it was January 9th, had nearly the entire year in front of me. I asked, okay, I stepped into this place where I had already reached my goal. I don't know how I did it, but I did. I mean, it really truly felt like, isn't that cool? You know, and I didn't write down any details how it happened or anything like that. I didn't imagine that you know, I went out and sold the program or anything. I just stepped into it without, without going through the how I did it. And when I was in this space of complete power and peace and, um, I don't know, it just felt so amazing and so clear. Um, I asked, okay, now what do I want to do? I have a whole year that I don't have to spend in drama trying to figure out how I'm going to reach my goal. I've already made that money. So now what do I want to do? And so I just started writing, like, what do I want to do? I mean, that was, that was pretty exciting. And that was pretty um, energizing to say, okay, I've got a year and I can do anything I want. So I brainstormed this huge list of things and what I came away feeling was on fire, which is one of my, which is probably my top most favorite emotion to work from. And the other thing I felt was powerful, which is like my second favorite emotion to, to feel, to work from. 
And so I used that list to inform my next steps. Obviously, I couldn't start with all of them, right? That would be kind of overwhelming. I had quite a list. And a lot of them were very involved things. Um, But I used that list to get started. And it was so much fun to feel like I could do anything I wanted. And what I realized after I was well into that list, you know, kind of when I started looking at that list and going, hmm, what's the first thing I'll start with? You know, this is kind of fun. What I noticed about that list is that the one thing I thought I wanted most, which was to take a break, was nowhere to be found on that list of things that I wanted to do. And that was super fascinating. So before I stepped into this space of having already reached my goal, the number one thing that I wanted, that I thought I wanted most, was to take a break. Like, I just want to chill for a bit. That was nowhere on my list of things I wanted to do. And what I realized I really wanted to take a break from was the pressure. And taking an actual break, if you're still in scarcity mindset, doesn't necessarily mean that you'll take a break from the pressure, especially when all of those shoulds come with you in that break, which is typically what we do. So goals should come from what you want, not what you need. So, and when you do that, then you notice that you're willing to fight for those goals. So what are you willing to fight for? What is it that you want that you would be willing to fight for? So put your goals in terms of what's truly important to you. I mean, sure, definitely have money goals. And I'm not saying that money should be important to you, but I'm the money coach. And what else would you expect me to say but to set a money goal? But I want you to think of when you are setting that money goal, think of what you ultimately want. Think about your deepest desire and how your money goal relates to that thing that you're fighting for, that deepest desire. For example, When I was exploring the mission that I felt called to, which is to equip and empower 1 million women to create $1 million in net worth, I had a lot of questions. You know, number one being why me, right? Because I was like, I am definitely not equipped for a mission like that. I don't even know where to start. But well, I mean, the answer to why me was why not you? That's always the answer, right? (laughs) Why not? And then another question, another, another big question I had was why money? And the answer to that was it's not about the money. It's about who you become when you fight through all the things you have to go through in order to create that. And as a woman, as a coach, as an entrepreneur, you don't create a million dollars in net worth without becoming a completely different person. And you don't create a million dollars in net worth without stepping into the power that you have inside you that you're not exercising right now, right? That you're not exercising when you're not creating that. And so 
your money goal relates to that thing you're fighting for. And I didn't realize I was fighting for power, but I have come to realize that I am fighting for power. I am fighting for the power to be 100% me. I'm fighting for the power to show other women how to fight for themselves. Um, fighting for the power to make a lot of money and not make it a problem. I'm fighting for the power to feel any emotion and still step forward in, you know, in a purposeful way, right? Without being subject to those emotions. So that's what I call emotional invincibility. So those are the types of powers that I'm fighting for. And then, so when you step into that path, then you will become a completely different person. And the same is true with goals. You don't achieve big delusional goals without becoming a completely different person. Um, And when I say completely different person, I don't mean that you change who you are at your core, because, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I believe, you know, who you are at your core doesn't really change. That's not what I'm trying to change when I coach my clients is who they are. I already see who they are. I'm trying to change how they see themselves, right? I'm trying to change their identity. So what I mean by you become a completely different person is that you change your identity. You've always been amazing. You've always been complete. You've always been capable, strong, powerful, and secure. But you haven't always known who you are and you haven't always identified as that person. And therefore, you haven't always shown up as that person. But when you step into the path of that delusional goal, you're telling God, you're telling the universe that you're ready to step into that identity, that amazing, complete, capable, strong, powerful, and secure person that creates a million dollars in net worth. And so often we get stumped by the time frame of a big goal. If you don't reach the goal by that deadline, then we always want to give up. I've I've done this. I my clients, all of my clients have done this. But you what I'm offering is don't give up, keep going. Because the goal is an estimated time frame. The goal is something that we can use as a compass or a GPS. Long-term goals and short-term goals are really, really helpful to check in and make sure you're still moving in the right direction, that you still have the right coordinates locked in. I mean, it's just like if you're traveling on a long trip, you might estimate the amount of time it will take you to get there depending on what time you need to be there. But it's based on ideal conditions. And so if you run into traffic or you run into weather or you run into any other obstacles along the way, you know it's going to take you longer. And you, you, don't, get, um, you don't get to your time estimate. So say, you know, we travel to my in-laws a lot. And so it typically takes us nine and a half or 10 hours. So... It would be like us traveling to our destination thinking it's going to take us nine and a half hours. And there have been times that we've run into traffic. There have been times that we've run into weather 
and it took us longer. took us 11 hours or 12 hours. So it would be like us getting to the nine and a half hour mark on our trip and still having 100 miles to go and going out of a 600 mile trip and, and thinking to ourselves, oh man, we didn't make it. And turning around and going home. <laughs> you know, if you haven't arrived at your de- destination, you don't turn around and head back home. You keep going. It's like, oh, well, I was wrong about that. You know, I didn't know there were going to be these obstacles along the way. I'll just keep going, right? You don't turn around and go home. You don't quit. You keep going. So the other thing people struggle with besides the time frame and besides the pressure is what goals to set. And so I just happen to think that goals are pretty arbitrary. (laughs) Not that they don't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But they're basically just a guess. Just like the time estimate, they're basically just a guess. It may be an educated guess, but it's a guess. And, you know, so whether it's the time frame or whether it's the actual goal, you're just setting a goal. It's not... I don't think it's rocket science and may, maybe I'm oversimplifying. I, I don't know, but that mindset has, you know, feels, feels right to me. So <laughs> you can think what you want, but I think that it's just a guess. And so what I like to do is I like to set red goals and red R-E-D stands for realistic, expansive, and delusional. And I don't like to set goals based on what I need. I like to set goals based on what I want. So goals based on what I want are far more compelling and exciting and fun than goals based on what I need. So if you think about Christmas when you were a kid, what was more fun and exciting? Was it getting what you wanted or getting what you needed? Did you look forward to Christmas morning so that you could tear open that present with the socks inside (laughs) or with the underwear. Moms and dads are really good at wrapping up things we need (laughs) for Christmas. And that was especially true in our household because we didn't have much money. So it's like, well, we want them to be able to open the presents, but you know, we need to be practical here. So here you go. It's fine. Or did you look forward to Christmas morning because you couldn't wait to tear open that Easy Bake Oven or that Nintendo? That's not to say that we didn't ever get toys or things like that. We did. But um, yeah, so getting what you want is far more fun than getting what you need and far more compelling to chase after getting what you want than it is to chase after what you need. So that's why goals should always come from what you want. So what do you want? And not from what's possible, but from your heart. What do you truly want? What you do, what do you deeply desire? If you could make a wish, what would it be? That's your delusional goal. And it doesn't have to be possible, but if it actually happened, you would be thrilled and moved by it. You might even call it a miracle. That's the delusional goal you're going for. That's your delusional goal. It doesn't matter if it's possible. It's what you want. This is your chance to dream. This is your chance to go after what you truly want. What's at stake? There's nothing at stake by going after a delusional goal. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is the R or the realistic. It's realistic because 
you've done it before, or it's easy to see how it could happen. Your belief is already high, you know, like a nine or 10 out of 10. Um, for example, I've at least doubled my revenue every year so far I've, that I've been in business. So it feels realistic to continue this trend. So even though I haven't ever made that level of revenue before, I have a solid trend of doubling my revenue. So it makes it easy for me to believe every year, oh, well, I can just double my revenue because I have done it before. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you've done that number before, but it's something that you've done before or can see yourself easily doing because of something you've done before. And so, and then in between the, the realistic and the delusional is the expansive goal. And this is a stretch goal. It's more than the realistic, but it doesn't feel impossible or delusional. It feels possible, but it feels like it might be hard to do, but it still feels possible. So that would be your expansive goals. So those are red goals. Now that's a lot about goals that I've talked to, talked about in the last 20 or so minutes. And, um, and I love talking about goals because there's so many different ways to approach goals. And if you've never really found something that worked well for you, I would love to get on a call and talk more about that with you. No pressure. It's really, I just love brainstorming with people and seeing what might work well for you. Everybody is different and has different preferences and none of those preferences are right or wrong. It's okay to negotiate as long as you're negotiating a better deal for you and a better way to get what you truly want. So you get to decide. Just discover what you want, describe, um, decide when you want it, and then commit to your first how in order to get that. You just have to choose one how. It doesn't have to be the right how. It just has to be the how you want to start with because when you believe in your goal, doesn't matter the how that you start with, because when you're willing to fight for your goal, you'll, if that how doesn't work, then you'll just keep going. You'll find a different how, but be open to any how presenting itself along the way and just keep going. Now, next week I'm talking about planning for your success. So you want to tune in to this next step to creating your most powerful and your most prosperous 2022. I'll see you then.